0: Fucks deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucks in deep. Bless you, boys! Young men expressing themselves unbelievable. Fucks in deep. Put it in deep. Microphones on the ice might pick up in terms of language for viewers at home. I really don't give a shit, quite honestly, so, uh. Put it in deep. You know, getting pucks deep, putting the puck deep, put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks. He's getting pucks deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Puck deep. pucks deep. Deep getting pucks deep. I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. You get that through your head? I guess so. Yeah. And it's time away waste the time. Oh, then get the fuck out of here, then. I am. Okay. See ya. Fuck off. Next question. Alright folks, we are back here on the Pucks in Deep podcast That's right, Adam Lesko, Josh Coleman Ready to get back to action After, what do you say Lesko? A long time, too long
1: I wasn't I wasn't keeping track, but apparently it's over 100 days since the NHL has played hockey
0: Is it safe to say that it really feels like it went by quickly? Do you agree or do you think it's gone by slowly? I, I've heard both ways
1: it's a good thing it's summer i'll tell you that because it i've been busy
0: yeah fair enough you have been busy my friend and you know who else has been busy uh media reporters trying to get in there and get their interviews i hear that some of them are upset about it uh there's one john tortorella as we heard in the intro let's go he's not shy uh for telling the reporters what he feels, and and now maybe that he's not actually face to face with any of that, with any of them, he's able to just kind of say whatever he wants.
1: Well, you think it's easier for him, you know, to be a little salty because you're not like, in, for instance, with Brooksy there, you're not insulting the guy right to his face. <laughs> like it's a lot easier for him to tell them to fuck off if he really wants to.
0: That one, I, the thing is, is the original clip. Of the guy being like hey man what about microphones down by the ice what about you know people thinking about language and stuff what do you think and he's like I don't give a shit
1: <laughs> like which is
0: which is definitely better than saying I don't give a fuck but you know he still said shit so they gotta fucking beep it out or whatever hey no beeping here on the Pucks and D podcast
1: yeah so we're I, I gotta give you credit man like you d- must have dug hard to bring up though both those quotes completely uncensored. It's not easy to find.
0: I do. I do have to do a little bit of digging. You're giving me too much credit for sure, but I do a little digging uh to find them. The best one that I found was when Zach Cassian was calling Kachuk a pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I remember earlier in the season? Yeah, yeah. When he was like, Well, he's a pussy. I don't know what else to say. I mean, and then <laughs> Buddy's like, Well, if you don't want to get hit, then stay off the tracks, you know? Like it was just such a good little chirp show. So Anyway, back to Tortorella, uh, the original clip where he says, I don't give a shit. It was it was great. Uh, I, I felt like I had to use it. But then it was it was not nearly enough. You know, it made me it left me wanting more. And I couldn't really use a highlight from the exhibition games, even though there was some sick stuff that went on. OK,
1: we didn't use an exhibition. I'm waiting. Yeah, I have Talk a little bit practice. of integrity there. Talk yeah. about
0: practice. Yeah. yeah. Alan Iverson. Nice one. So, you know, I I just felt, well, in the in the sense of, uh, you know, honoring Tortorella after another good audio, why don't I just run with the maybe the best audio from coach to reporter ever in the history of of modern media of all time? I mean, the fact that Brooksy is like, fuck off. And yeah. like as he's as he's walking away from the microphones, he still gets a fuck off in there, and, and and like Tortorella just could not have been more smooth with the next question. I mean, you
1: heard in both of the these men's voices that they utterly despise each other. Like, it's very plainly obvious, and they had a pretty tenuous relationship throughout um, Tortorella's tenure in New York. And that was really something. So I, you got to think a guy like Totarella just loves that the media haven't been included inside the NHL's bubble. I know there. You mentioned earlier there has been a lot of noise among the media for this reason. But like, where do you where do you stand on that? Like, I understand where they're coming from. Um, but is the NHL right, kind of shutting them out? Like, I assume what the NHL has cited is a safety protocol, right? But. Isn't this more about them controlling the content game?
0: Um, that's an interesting way to look at it. I didn't really expect you to come at it from that angle, to be honest with you. So this is raw podcasting right here, to be honest. Uh, I disagree if that's what your stance is. You you asked me if I thought that. I'll say no. I don't know if you do. Um, but I mean, these... They can still ask the questions. They're still asking the questions that they would so, always I mean, ask.
1: They still have access, and it's not as if they're getting riveting post-practice, post-game in, uh, interviews 95% of the time. So it's it's one of those things that I don't tune into personally a lot, but I, I started to think deeper beyond this. And I'm thinking, you know, it was it was criticized originally that— and mostly by members, salty members of the media, that every team was allowed to bring in a social media person. But obviously in this day and age, that's not at all surprising, shouldn't be surprising to anybody. But if you think about it, you know, the NHL loses a lot of traffic, for example, we'll say, and ad revenue. And and God knows they need more revenue at this point in time. They're just mitigating losses here. But now all of a sudden they are the sole, like, kind of, Behind the scenes, access content producers, aside from maybe the players themselves and their socials, so they have they have that control to disseminate the information.
0: Yeah, but those those scrums are live. We're watching them. I was I'm watching them live.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. But my point is that they have complete control over this, right? Like, you know, I'm sure the media members are going to adapt, but you got to think like this. This hurts. It's a business thing, I think, from both uh, the league and the media's perspective here, and the teams.
0: I I'm interested to hear, uh, for example, a coach's perspective on this. I'm sure there has been one or several coaches that have been interviewed, at least you know, after this exhibition. If you dig, if you do some digging, you can probably get some reaction on the topic. But I feel like they may actually prefer this. Where, okay, game just happened. I go over here. I sit on this stool. And I have, like, three or four screens in front of me. And it's just a face. It's it's Mark Masters. I see him every day. But he's on the screen instead. Like, I don't really see why there's such a big deal over whether they're in or not. Or kind of what you're saying. I'm not saying that you're wrong or whatever. But it's an interesting thought where at the end of the day, I don't really see the difference. It's just happening digitally. And I feel like, yeah. I feel like the coach and or player or GM like Dubis last night looked a little bit awkward. Cause he was literally just sitting there with holding his phone in front of his face. I don't know if you saw that. It was pretty funny. Like he was up in the booth, just holding the phone, kind of looking like a selfie and another, yeah. another camera got him d- while he was doing it, which was such a stupid look. Like, come on producer. You don't need to get that look for Dubis. It looks weird. It doesn't make anyone happy. Like, Just, just well, show yeah, his
1: face. You want to talk about not a good look? How about the presser the other day with Austin Matthews and Mitch Barter? Could Austin Matthews look any more disinterested than he looked during that, like, what, five-minute interview that they did?
0: I didn't actually watch it, bro. You didn't watch it? No. dude. You got
1: to watch it just to see him slouching down his chair, wearing a blue bucket hat. And I swear to God, man, he's on his phone like three-quarters of the time. No He's looking down, dude. He's like looking down, he's got his arm out and then at one point later you can see him reach up and like do the casual fucking phone push into the pocket.
0: Come on.
1: You gotta watch it, dude. He's a rock star though. Oh, he does not give a fuck. And like even so so it's like it's so informal compared to what they're used to, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You know what? Everything has become a little bit more informal, such as our, our intros to the Pucks in Deep podcast here. Let me rewind a little bit before we dive too, too far into everything. It's been a nice uh, early chat with you, my friend. Glad to be back doing this. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Lesco Adam, I believe. Jesus Christ, it's been a long time since I said that, bro. Uh, find the station at PuckPod. And uh, a quick little plug for our uh, our swag stuff. We've got uh, uh, some swag available online. You can find it at galantmedia.ca/slash shop. We've got some nice hoodies and some t-shirts and stuff. I actually ordered uh, a Heather navy blue thing, which is, you got the gray hoodie too, didn't you, dude? Right? Oh, yeah. I think everyone grabbed a gray hoodie. They've been the gray, flying off the, the nice shelves. Green. So it's basically that gray, but, but dark blue and it's quite nice. It's not overly different, but you can definitely tell it's blue. So it works out for the Leafs. I'm not going to probably have to wear it here as it's boiling in the middle of summer and we're about to get some hockey back and it's, so hot. it's been crazy, dude. So yeah, follow us on Twitter, check it out at Gallant Media, uh, Gallant, Sean Gallant down at Gallant Media here in Pembroke. He's also got a podcast as well. Um... I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, which isn't very good. But hey, we're here to plug. We only
1: agreed to plug the business. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. It
0: might be called Launchpad, I think. Anyways, um, yeah, there's our socials. and, And welcome back to the show. Thank you for everyone that's been plucking away and listening to some playback episodes. I did notice, Lesko, that we were having a few... Uh, more playback episodes uh, for an interview. So some of our like Jake Khan and, and Tyler Mataraz, for example, uh, Alberga as well was getting some plays, and the Caputi show uh, was getting some plays. So like people are paying attention, or at least going back maybe just to hear that conversation. So you know, thanks to all the listeners who are doing hitting the rewind button. That must mean we're doing something right, and uh, hopefully we can. Get rolling here, eh, dude? Like weekly episodes, and maybe get one of those boys uh, back on the show. I was chatting with both of them actually within the last couple of weeks uh, for fantasy reasons and stuff. And uh, they're they're game to come back on. They can't wait to get this thing going. And I think everyone is in that same boat, dude.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I'm very excited to get back rolling here. I mean, we got hockey, we got sports coming at us from all directions, and more hockey than you can possibly ask for right now. And uh, You know, I'm looking forward to uh, getting some of those guests. I know we had some plans there in the spring that got derailed, but uh, we're hoping to uh, continue to bring you guys great content. And speaking of swag, actually, do I have a surprise for you? Uh, A good friend of mine, owner of the engraving shop in North Bay, sent us some beautiful Pucks in Deep stickers. And they will be going out at some point or another to some fortunate listeners out there. Um, but if you're in the North Bay Area, in northern Ontario, these guys do a ton of business in the industrial mining sector, um, awards, stickers, signage, you name it. The Engraving Shop is your hookup. You can check them out at The Engraving Shop with two P's and an E dot C-A. And uh, man, these things look dope. So let I'm me, really excited to let get me these see. out in the public. Let me see. Have a look
0: unbelievable man man they're A very pretty, they're pretty well sized
1: yes they're quite nice very generous donation from my boy sean mckinstry owner of the engraving shop so check them out for all your engraving and signage needs
0: unbelievable nice ad read that was fantastic
1: yeah, yeah, I just do that
0: together. I hope he's happy with it. That was a bissonette <laughs> That was a esque ad read and one of his better ones. That
1: guy, guy can barely read.
0: No, I said one of his better ones because he has had uh, flawless ones. Ah. Uh, but you good. can um is his name also Sean? Is that what you said?
1: Also named Sean. We have two so, very generous supporters <laughs> named
0: Sean. <laughs> so listen, uh if if you are Sean out there. And you enjoy hockey. Maybe you want to throw some shit our way, and then, we'll, and then we'll and then we'll and then we'll talk about you. Yeah, you jump on this train. So what do you think, don't man? even have to have a business. Just give us some shit. Give us some money or something, and, and we'll talk about you. I'll talk about <laughs> you, can, you all day. You can buy time. We're just gonna start but, selling
1: time slots. You send us money. We'll <laughs> say
0: whatever the fuck you want. No, uh, no! Don't <laughs> sell us out like that. Don't go that far. We no, we won't say that. what you want. We will just talk about you. We'll give you that press because no press oh, is right. negative press.
1: That's right. Uh, but a lot of negative press, fucking down in the United States, given the situation, and a lot of negative press around the MLB currently, given their no plan return to play strategy. Uh,
0: it wasn't doable.
1: Like it. it could anyone have said that in the first place?
0: Well, I think you know, like, listen, how many listen. people
1: would have told or they just said they don't give a shit.
0: Well to answer your question, yes, everyone everyone could say that it's not doable because at the beginning that's what everyone was saying. This isn't gonna happen. There's no way. Blah blah blah. Blah 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 blah. Okay? We get it. You don't think sports is important or you are mad that athletes are you know, are forced to play. What about their families and blah, blah, Okay, well, like, it's not up to you. Okay, we're all allowed to have opinions. And just because some of us want to have fucking sports back and, and if it's safe to do so, then what is the problem? Okay, and the NHL, I have been waiting, I have been waiting over a month to say this on the air. The NHL has done an incredible job. And I don't mean just the league. I mean the NHL and the NHLPA collectively as a fucking team. They teamed up and they fucking knocked it out of the ballpark with everything that they did to get us back. And zero tests, Lesko, and not confirming the hub cities when there was pressure. For like two weeks or more, there was pressure for them to announce the hub cities. Everyone said it was Vegas and Toronto, and then it was Vegas and Chicago, and then it was Vegas and Vancouver. And then all of a sudden, it was Edmonton and Toronto, and then it was confirmed, right? It didn't stay. It wasn't a rant, a rumor about Edmonton and Toronto for very long. It was confirmed pretty quickly after the rumor existed, right? So yeah. they waited, they did it meticulously, and they should be applauded. And all those people that you know thought the season should be shut down and the COVID cup is a joke and all this stuff, Like, I don't want to fucking see you cheering it up and shit in the playoffs. You don't get like, to you, enjoy this. But, but that's not fair to say. Of course they can enjoy it. They can change their mind and they can say I was wrong or they can just be stubborn and be like, oh, I don't care anyway, I hope the Habs win. And then when they get swept, they'll be like, what a fucking joke. and then they'll lose the draft lottery and be like, this is fucking dumb, you know? And it's just, you can't win. Like you can't win. The NHL has won. They have won by doing this. Somebody's
1: always going to complain, but the NHL is, is absolutely killing it. Um, I mean, they deserve a lot of kudos and they have definitely shown all the other major North American sports leagues up big time on this. And, you know, the the MLS lost a whole team in their tournament, right? Like they, you know, they're down in Florida. That's probably the most short-sighted part, but at least they're doing the bubble format, as is the NBA. But, I mean, the NHL and spreading it out amongst two cities in their phased-in plan, which a few players did obviously get COVID, and, you know, some guys are late to getting to camp, I believe, for COVID-related reasons. Hello, Pasternak, down in Boston. But, I mean, knock on wood, man. Things are going really, really well for them. And And not just that, I mean – they managed to hammer out a CBA. I know. In the meantime, they used this downtime to get labor peace. And out of time, you know, it's it's a hell of a good thing they didn't sign one beforehand because they might have found themselves wanting to make some amendments all of a sudden when the market outlook changes because of COVID. But overall, like, you know, I, I, I can't remember a time I've ever said this, but the NHL is literally leading the way in the sports world on this, I feel like.
0: They are, and they need to be applauded for it big time. I mean, to have no positive tests and to have a type 1 diabetic be like, I'll go. I'll go. Sounds really safe. And yeah. it is.
1: And only a small number of players that ended up opting out. And, you know, I respect that. They got their reasons for doing it. It's not an easy decision to make. Um, but, you know, for some of those guys who are, you know, don't really have a, a long playoff outlook, might not be too keen on you know putting themselves at risk and I, I completely understand that now I got to ask you my next question and and there's been a lot of talk about this about what this was all gonna look like right and so I want to get your immediate reaction and, and feel free to compare it to what we've seen in other sports so far but what did you make of the first taste we saw yesterday in terms of the broadcast itself and what they've done with the arena environment?
0: I was over the lack of fans in, I don't know, three shifts, like three or four shifts. The The crowd noise is fine. I'm not looking at the fans. I'm watching the game. I can actually hear the game a little bit better. I'm definitely not saying that I prefer it. Absolutely not. No, no chance. But, but I, it,
1: felt, I, it did it feel normal? Because it felt normal for me. It, that's a, what I'm
0: saying. It, I didn't hate it, it. I did not hate it.
1: And again, I'm going to continue to stroke off the NHL on this because what they've done is brilliant. They, they tarped off all the empty seats. You, from the 90% of the camera angles they used, you couldn't see an empty seat.
0: Well no because it's all just it's all just vinyl. It kind of reminds it's all covered me it kind of it kind of reminds me of a international game overseas where they have a lot of weird unused space where there's like a vehicle big or something, big ad, big skull ad and then the seats actually mm. start a little bit further away. And that's so it kind of looks like to, that to me.
1: That's a way for them to uh, you know recoup some revenue as well. You got extra ad space. I like what they've done with the putting the team banners up there like or the screen teams' logos on the screens, or whatever they're doing. Um, they've introduced new camera angles, and ap- apparently, this is going to be an evolving product throughout the the playoffs. And I think we'll see that across other sports. But just to give it a quick comparison to what I saw in the MLB, I couldn't stop staring at the seats.
0: Yeah, Why? it was almost distracting. Like, well, because they're so and, empty.
1: And yeah, and it just—it's already quiet to begin with, right? So it, it just felt a little weird. And I feel like the MLB is not taking advantage of that like they need to you know they need to do something with that space and i'm sure they will eventually but i mean let's be honest they hacked together a 60 game season see what I, do we expect
0: i disagree I, I i thought that the mlb did a phenomenal job with pumping in the crowd noise i was very very impressed like yeah
1: the, the crowd I, noise was okay i was uh, i'm talking I, about more of the visual environment
0: right fair enough um I was uh, like, I was re- re- rewinding it and bragging about it to Kiersey. I-, I was like, "Babe, like, okay, so normally when there's two strikes and two outs and it's the home team pitching, the the fans will all stand up and fucking cheer and get really loud right when the pitch is thrown, and then yeah, struck him out. You know, he tried to get the pitcher all fucking fired up, and sure enough, they're they're doing it. Like whoever whoever is running the audio board again." Fucking hats off to you, my friend. Like it, whatever buttons they're pressing or dials they're turning, it sounds very natural, like very, very natural. And yeah, I have and to I, wonder how they even managed to do that, to find think, that clip.
1: Well, I think what what they were talking about doing is is borrowing it from the from the video game franchises. Because oh like yeah, they, I did they hear have that. It already, yes, yes. Right now. I thought the NHL was pretty good. I felt it was a bit quiet, and I, I guess maybe they don't want to like blow the doors off, you know, right away. And they're they're experimenting with it, obviously. Um, but I thought it was good. It was, I guess it, you, do, it doesn't want they don't want it to be the main thing you notice. I think so. They don't want it to be too aggressively loud, and you'd be like, this doesn't sound real. Like, yeah. keep it faint. But I, I'm curious of what it, what the players' perspective is on it, and you know, it might take them a little while to kind of decide how they feel about it. But I wonder how much it's for them or for us, like to normalize the broadcast or to normalize playing. Maybe I, I guess the aim is for both. But I wonder how much really they care at the end of the game because a lot of hockey players will tell you, and, and athletes in general, I don't hear the crowd during the game. You know, it's just they're, they're laser focused, right? But maybe you're, you know, you know, part of me wants to say that you're, you're lying if you don't say it affects you at certain times. Big moments. I think that's where we're really going to feel it is when there's a big moment. OT winner, double overtime in the playoffs.
0: We'll see. Like, look at it. I'm from- sure they're
1: going to cue something up and, and have something for that, but we might. I always, like, it makes the hair stand up at the back of my neck. right? You know, but, when I watch look the highlight at it. of the big goal and the listening to that crowd lose it because it, it's the pop, the pop off. How are they going to? how are they going to be able to replicate that in a big moment? And I, I don't know if that's possible.
0: I was actually just talking about this with a friend of mine, uh, Brian, actually fucking beauty, Brian on the way back from getting a big, a big load of uh, firewood for this weekend, which you're going to be missing out on. What are you doing? You got plans. You got plans, but uh, yeah, what was I saying? Oh, um talking about, you know, the play-by-play commentators and how it's going to be difficult for them to do their jobs to the best of their ability because they normally will, not normally, they will feed and play off of the crowd's reaction. Sometimes sometimes it's imperative that you just stop talking altogether and let the crowd take it for a good 12 or 13 seconds. And then you come back in and say... Adam, let's go! You know, like by the you haven't spoken in a long time. The crowd yeah, has done letting, everything for you. Yeah, you let
1: them do the reaction, and you have those moments, you know, where they're filling time, where they're like, "Oh, look at that young fan there with his ice cream cone, getting it all over his face." And you know, they 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 really play off it in multiple ways throughout the entire broadcast. So what I was thinking, and this is going to be the biggest challenge uh, for these guys, is to uh, this is a moment to innovate. This is a time. For them to find other ways to fill space, and I read a little bit about how a lot of uh, broadcasters, play-by-play color guys, are trying to teach themselves analytics as, to the best of their abilities because they because they want to be able to bring that uh, deeper analysis and introduce it uh, to I guess to a broader audience, but in the most uh, general way play it in applicable ways possible throughout a game so i'm really interested to see what these guys will do in order to kind of add that extra flair to a call or or you know finding these obscure facts that they throw in there that you never hear about to fill periods of time or, or little down downtime you know
0: it's it, it, it's it's you're an making me. You're making me laugh because I'm just thinking about like you know he scores. Gabriel Landeskog at zero point one two six. To his Corsi! <laughs> what oh, a beauty! No, no. And that's putting him in the green column. <laughs> you know, like, what a... Add some flair to the to the calls with the, with the Points Corsi. Points
1: for 60 off the <laughs> charts. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that shift is going right to the Corsi bank, folks. Let yeah, me tell no, you.
1: It's a good, good article about it. And they interview guys like Ray Ferraro, Mike Johnson, and they're just kind of talking about how, you know, the, the numbers that they find that can be easily used and under easily understood in a um, you know, on the fly broadcast situation when they're, you know, doing analysis. And, and that's probably one of the more oppressive aspects of it. And this may oper- open up an opportunity to add deeper analysis too, because I mean, you have an, you I almost feel like there's an obligation on these guys right now as commentators and the presenters of the game to amp it up a little bit. And that's why I was really disappointed to hear that Jim Houston was calling the fucking Leaf games. They just spent all this money bringing in Wayne Gretzky. Maybe and the best.
0: Gonna, and Maybe the best.
1: St- instead, for the big game, they're starting, you know, they're starting Yari Curry or something instead.
0: They're starting the, same, I mean? they're starting the same old.
1: Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. And then, so the West – And it's now blessed with the voice of the longtime voice of TSN, Chris Cuthbert. And we're not just talking hockey. We're talking CFL football. We're talking Olympics. Like, this guy is an absolute legend, one of the best out there. And yet, man, was I ever fired up as a Leaf fan thinking, like, yeah, well, they went out and got this guy. They pried him away from TSN. Well, he's got to be the headliner, right? Friday night prime time, baby. He will be. No, he's gonna be doing the 10 30 fucking games.
0: No, he will be. This COVID thing changed. You know what I mean? Because I guess so. because it this COVID thing, this is still Houston's playoffs.
1: It's still a season. Like he's almost yes. like dialed in for it. And and
0: they're not it. gonna step on those toes. And I don't think CC, Chris Cuthbert, I don't think CC is gonna step on those toes either. Right. I would assume that October of, 20, or, or sorry, uh, I guess January or whenever we, an,
1: it should be, we'll it should be a makeover. Yeah. We'll see another makeover. Probably not just with their, their uh broadcasting, um you know, situation and who they put where, but I think in addition to that, we're going to see some changes uh in the studio as well. Man, and listen. I know we saw the introduction of Anthony Stewart. Uh, you know, he's starting to make more appearances and I really like that. I thought he, I always love to have an ex-player in there with all the the nerds, right?
0: Yeah, listen, I'll tell you one thing. I, I've never I've never been been shy about my opinions on on Sportsnet, and sometimes I regret it because you know there are great people working at Sportsnet. It's not like I'm out to get anyone. I'm just talking the truth, my opinion. The
1: business decisions are what I've criticized most it's not so much the talent and the people who work there mine's I mean, just the got-
0: production bro i press a button on my tv and i want to i want to be entertained okay the only thing that's entertaining me normally on a sportsnet broadcast other than a few a few good guys and we've already went through this okay i'm not gonna go through it again but it's mostly <laughs> just the fucking game and 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 more often than not if i could if i could not listen to the broadcaster and just listen to the sounds i would because i feel like Often their talent that they have actually subtracts for me personally, and that's not for everybody. So I get it. It's not. It's not across the board. But I. I let's go. Come on. I don't think I'm in a minority here with with kind of what we've what we've gone through as Leaf fans over the years with the Romanux. Like, come on. Like we got to figure this out. There are people out there that are really fucking good, and the Leafs. The Leafs specifically force people into buying the NHL center ice package. Or, or, or buying a subscription to NHL.TV or whatever the fuck it is, the app, the streaming app. You know, if you are a Leaf fan and you want to watch every game, you, you either have to do it illegally or you have to buy those things. And so they make a lot of money on us specifically. Why not give us a dedicated fucking broadcast that we can just count on every week, twice a week or whatever. Do the Hockey Night in Canada thing, but use the, the same joke. fucking people, man. It's such a joke. The competition the joke. is annoying. It's, just the bu- it's the business. Sucks.
1: Yeah, it's I don't know. It's the it's the business aspects of it that I often have a lot of complaints about. Uh, and, you know, this I think you made a really good point, though, in saying that they'd be kind of stepping on Houston's toes if they pull the rug out from under him. You know, uh, especially a few weeks like this was a, quite a recent announcement as well, that they had acquired the services of Chris Cuthbert.
0: Yeah. And like, I bet you any money he's jumping in, you know, he, he, maybe it was already planned that he was going to jump in midseason. season but maybe he just jumped in because of the COVID situation. He was like, "Yeah, I'm willing to go. I'll, I'll travel right to the hub, well, knowing
1: do. that there there were going to be no further." Wasn't really him to do there, I guess, other than his, his CFL role, which we knew wasn't happening anytime soon as well. I, so, lo- I lost you. I, mean, I lost you a little it's bit, a there,
0: dude. Just a moment ago, I lost you a little bit there. So I'm not quite sure what you said, but we might as well just fucking keep rolling. Anyway, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, well, we can move on from that. I will,
0: I will say this, sorry, I will say this to just quickly wrap it up on, on CC. He did a really good job last night. I was up till, I was up till quarter to two getting my garage prepared for this whole shit show to get started. And I watched the late game and mostly just listened. And I'm telling you, like it almost brought a tear to my eye. Because I know that for the foreseeable future now with Cuthbert working there, it's kind of like the olden days, man, when I was young, when I was like probably nine or ten, and he would work the quote-unquote meaningless games out west in the playoffs for, for CBC, the 1030s, like the San Jose game. He always was doing a San Jose Shark game back back then for the late game on CBC. (laughs) And I used to have to go and fucking hold the rabbit ears on the back of my TV and have the volume really, really low because my parents would be pissed off that I'm not in bed at like at like one o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But it was Chris Cuthbert's voice. And because the volume on the TV was so low, I was mostly listening and then watching whenever he got excited because whenever he got excited, something obviously was about to happen and, like, as I was telling my friend this story, like, literally yesterday, I started to realize, like, holy shit, like, that was probably the moment when I was like, man, this is fun. Like, the, calling these games is exciting and something that I would like to, to do someday. And I'm fucking telling you, man, Sportsnet should have hired me when I walked into their building when I, in, in 2013 or 2012, whenever I was all gung-ho. I was like, man, I'm good. I'm good at this. I'm going to fucking get a job, and I'm going to be really good at this someday. Everyone's going to know my name. You know, and then it's like, no, bud, fucking get out of here with your paper resume. You know, well, you
1: gotta start somewhere, son. Yeah, but
0: it's fine. I like doing the kings. I don't fucking care that I get knock. I I don't care that I get nothing. It doesn't matter. I get to do it. (laughs) It's fucking awesome. I get I get good audio clips that I get to show people.
1: So I guess who's really probably looking for a new job right now is uh, John Chica, Or I suppose he has a job waiting for him, but might not be able to do it right away. What a crazy turn of events and a crazy story. And now there were rumors going on for a little while that there was some drama going on behind the scenes with, uh, you know, general manager and president of hockey operations, John Chaka. And this story just kind of hit like a bombshell all of a sudden as he allegedly fully quit, was not fired, did not resign, like just frigged off on them altogether, what, a week before they go into the bubble? I mean Arizona, man, that team just can't seem to get it together as well, an organization, once again.
0: It was it was only months ago that people were Clamoring about Chika, and you know he was going to turn the team around, and he's part of the the the, the new age, you know, forward thinking kind of deal. And
1: you just signed a three year deal as well.
0: You know, and I don't know, dude. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know. It, I can't it, because ish. because anything is just. Is just speculation, and and then you might be, you might even start tiptoeing into fucking conspiracy if you're not careful. You know, oh, maybe there he's all you know tied up with being owned by the league or something weird like that, or I don't know. It's yeah. it's really a shame. I, I wonder. Uh, I bet you I haven't listened to Chicklets actually in a while. I bet you Biz probably has a pretty good re- uh, good response to that.
1: I'd be very interested to hear what he has to say. And yeah. I'm sure he knows lots of folks in that organization that might be able to give him tidbits. Uh, Greg was actually published a great article, uh, on that topic today on ESPN.com. And he basically confirmed a lot of what the coyote statement alluded to, and that he literally quit. Like he was unhappy with how things went. And, but the, The sources that he spoke with within the Coyotes organization actually alluded to what had happened kind of behind the scenes in that he had misrepresented the opportunity that was being presented to him and called the meeting that he was invited to market research. And I can't remember what the other term was used, but apparently like not just played it down, but had said it, it was basically not a job interview, which it was a job interview. So it sounds like he he handled this quite poorly overall. And it'll be interesting to see what the result is because I believe they're about to enter a very messy, you know, legal contractual battle uh, considering he, he just signed a three-year extension.
0: I feel like it's something that Michael Scott would do. What he did to kind of sneak around. No, and... no
1: Dwight Schrute would do that.
0: Okay, fine, whatever. But like sneak around trying to you know dip his toe in another pool and and then get caught and then just quit fuck you
1: that's basically the episode of the office where dwight gets caught where he's like he's like i had to go to the dentist he's far he's a new dentist what's your dentist name crentist (laughs) oh your dentist name is crentist nice yeah so that, that that's a mess and and you know, I am really interested to see how that all plays out. But I mean, just another major setback for the organization. Them and the Ottawa Centers, as far as the organizations go, just just still beating shit at each other in the basement. Eh? Fireball. Yeah, pretty much. And you want to talk about fire. The pagulas were throwing fires. They went <laughs> in that building with a a fucking flamethrower well, and started torching people i thought we were they, like 60 people off or something like that
0: i thought i thought that we were going to uh record that week or maybe the week after so i had already went ahead and like called our fucking prep on the computer i called it pagula's gone wild because it was just fucking it was opposite oprah you're fired. You're fucking fired. You know you're fucking fired. And the funny thing is, you said they laid off 60 people. They actually laid off 0 people. Because the new guy that was hired, his first task, literally, his it was reported like his first task cut was costs. to fire everyone.
1: Yeah, to cut costs.
0: Not cut even it. like not even like, "Here, man, figure out where we can cut costs." <laughs> it was like allegedly like fire all these people.
1: Well, what it, what it sounded to me as well is that that was proposed to Botero, and Botero basically said, "Nah, fire like, me." I didn't didn't want to do that, and he probably knew at the end of the day, he. I mean, if you got to go out and fire that many people, you know you can't be that far behind, right? Fair enough, yeah. So I don't I don't blame Botero at the end of the day in that situation. Um, very interesting choice by the Padulas. I know they've been you know it's hard to believe, but they own the team for almost a decade now and really haven't been able to make any progress make any playoffs you mean a a lot of people (laughs) a lot of people lost their jobs i'm just very interested to see now so kevin adams i believe is the gm now for them or interim or whatever i feel
0: like i had it in the prep but i I yeah he's an intern
1: internal hire so i'm very interested to see i mean this guy's got a blank slate i mean they talk about bringing in your guys to your inner circle but this guy's going to be able to like Basically, mold a hockey club and its future here.
0: Yeah, but if okay, so listen. This is this is my biggest concern in the whole deal. You uh, the,
1: the you, on ice product is crap, trash.
0: No, no, no. Well, we already know that, so that's already factored in. When I tell you my biggest problem with the whole deal, you make that significant of a change or a changing of the guard, or you know, just firing all these fucking personnel. You make that big of a change. And then you don't even hold interviews. And you just and you just hire fucking Darkness. You hire Kev from it accounting. It's called Darkness. I'm gonna hire Kev in accounting. He'll do it. He's he a good guy.
1: Assistant. He was assistant GM, wasn't
0: he? He was assistant to the assistant.
1: Assistant to, <laughs> Assistant to the regional manager. <laughs>
0: But seriously though, like, come on, hold some fucking interviews, man. There are people out there. I'm not saying that you have to fucking hire them. You well, might, you, you might, time. you might already know that you're gonna hire Kevin anyways. But at least know, but go why, why have some fucking interviews? interviews,
1: man. Why waste your time?
0: Right? Fuck. What do you mean so, waste? What do you mean waste time? Like, obviously, not, nothing's working. Why are you? Why are you promoting from within? Five seconds after you let someone go, you're like, oh, okay, you're hired now. Like, you don't well, even. Come on. You got to do your due diligence, bro. Come on.
1: Well, clearly this man said he was, you know, Adams was like, I have no problem firing all these people. Who do you need me to fire? I mean, that was probably a big caveat in getting the job.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, you mean like a yes man? I agree.
1: They're interested in him and he's willing to do that horrible fucking job. That's that's not easy. But, but,
0: But like how big do you think the fingerprint is from the Pagoulas on the team?
1: Well, it's, it's probably going to get bigger. and But I feel like they've been involved from the outset, though. Ever since they started writing those checks, they've been hands-on, right? Oh, it's you know, huge. They've fired all these sports franchises and, you know, spending a lot of money but still not seeing the results. I mean, you, you, we don't got to go over it. We've been over it before. But Buffalo has a, you know, a litany of horrible signings throughout the last decade or so. Uh, spending them, you know, overpaying for guys at free agency who end up getting buried in the HL. Now, Buffalo, Buffalo,
0: Sorry, Buffalo and Ottawa are two great examples of what meddling owners can do.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, they're they're, they're too they're they're too active on the actual operations. Like there's a, there's a there's a there's a reason why someone owns a moving company and hires good swamper's, you know, movers of the actual well, it's divisional furniture.
1: labor, right? It, it can, you know are. You're the business person. Oversee the business side of the operation. You start meddling in hockey operations, that's when you got, you know, that's it, when a teams basically row and can be a rider the ship on the impulses of this person's, you know,
0: your owner's <laughs> like,
1: desire to make money faster or whatever it is, win faster.
0: Jackie now, Moon I, wants to play starting center.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like if I, I don't know, if I owned a minor league hockey team, I might throw myself out player coach Reggie Dunlop. So. <laughs> Now, quick trivia question for you on Kevin Adams. Who was the first NHL hockey team that he played for?
0: I'm just going to say Buffalo.
1: Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, okay. What kind of Leaf fan are you? You don't oh. remember that he played five games for the Leafs in 97, 98?
0: <laughs> no, I absolutely do not. Is his, well, name spell, is, it, is his name spelled with a Y, though? It is. I knew it. I did not See, look at anything. Pardon yeah, me? He, he was like a
1: fourth-line plug for the Leafs, like, the most games he played, he played fifty-two games in ninety-nine. For them, oh okay, two thousand.
0: Okay, well, that was a good yeah, year.
1: Put a blobbing thirteen points. So you know,
0: I think I did. I think I did read that initially when I when I clicked on him because because I no one no one knows anything about him, so he becomes the most googlable man in the NHL world in five minutes after he fires sixty-three people and the fucking popcorn guy.
1: Now, throughout this uh, boring period of no hockey, little to do with sports, I've seen this question get thrown around an awful lot. So I'm going to ask it to you: Would you rather? And I'm not saying you don't even have to think about this in the context of the Maple Leafs. Say, okay. But would you rather, you know, lose in this round, pre- preliminary round, if you're a team in this, and you and say you're, you know, you're a midler, you're not a cup favorite. Would you prefer to lose right now and have a shot? Say you get in Lafreniere. You lose, you get Lafreniere, or do you win the Stanley Cup?
0: N- no, I, I, I no. I want yeah, no to win. I want
1: I can't believe that was a discussion going on. It shouldn't be. It's it's a hell of a lot harder to win the goddamn cup than to get the first overall, just as Edmonton.
0: Anyone can win this thing.
1: That's what I, that's what I kind of feel. I feel like the playing field is is somewhat leveled in that. Everyone's had the same. Everyone's been in the same boat for a long period of time here, dude. And it's sorry, really yeah. on the players. It, it's really on the players here to, you know, we're gonna find out who took care of themselves. Oh, Some absolutely. Some guys are gonna show up, and we're like, holy shit, this guy's flying out there. <laughs> yeah,
0: Guaranteed. he spent his
1: time wisely. And we're also gonna say, you know, if somebody who had a great season say goes out there and looks like shit. We're going to be wondering what they were up
0: to the whole time. Well, I mean, here, like, here's the thing, man. I mean, it, it really anything can happen, okay? It's a best of five. Y- you lose game one, and you're like, okay, not really a big deal. Uh, but, you know, game two kind of – Becomes a must win. win But game two becomes a must win all of a sudden. You're like, what? We just started. Then you lose again, and you're like, okay, it's fine. We're not out yet, but wait. Oh, we will be out if we lose again. So now we have to win three in a row. And it's like, fuck, well, we just lost two in a row. So it could could be over quickly. I I know I'm explaining to people how a fucking best of five series can work. (laughs) I understand we've all played Rock, Paper, Scissors before. But really, at the end of the day, I guess what I'm getting at is it can really come up and bite you. And with the teams that are already through... It'll be really interesting to see how they play one another because they're already through but you don't want to coast on through and just you know not get injured and really who cares where we seed we'll just see who we play because what if see who we play turns out to be some team that just came off a fucking hot streak and the tender is on fire and now they're coming in they've already they've already done a do or die game five won it deserved to win it and won it, you know, and now they're coming up against, I don't care. One of those, one of those top four, that that's a totally different mindset for what will become the first round of the playoffs. Right. And now all of a sudden Tampa loses again in the first round to a team like whatever Toronto or, you know, Columbus, you know, because I think that would be the matchup if Tampa finished first, right. The winner of our series plays the number one seed.
1: Yeah. I think, I think we're going to find out who's ready to go here and who's not pretty quickly. It's going to show, and that's the thing. Like It's weird and, and obviously unprecedented, but we're in a situation now where we don't have, oh, the regular season ended last week. This guy's on a heater. This goalie's playing unreal because it's a huge factor here, and it was a huge factor in every playoffs, but who's going to be the goalie story this playoff? Who's going to be that goalie that wins his team a series or two that maybe... Maybe they shouldn't have, or maybe you would have written them off pretty early for
0: Carter because, Hart.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, Philly was on a huge heater before the end of the season, so you could argue that the teams that were hot before the end are at a bit of a disadvantage because they're not area to carry carry a bit of that momentum. And obviously, things are clicking and working for them at the right time. And a huge advantage to the teams that, for instance, were dealing with a lot of injuries, like the Maple Leafs, for example,
0: and the Penguins got back some
1: pretty key players. Um, I mean, look at Ilya Mikheyev coming back for the Maple Leafs. Uh, that People haven't stopped talking about him, media, players, and fans, since camp started because, A, we're excited to see that guy back, but, B, it sounds like he's making a huge impression out there, and it only took 33 seconds against the Habs last night for him to bury a beautiful dish from Johnny Toronto.
0: Oh, bud, you should have fucking seen my celly. Oh, it was so good. I mean... I mean, it felt good. I texted like three people and I was like, well, two of them actually texted me and said, how good that feel or something like that. How high did you jump? My one buddy said, I said, holy fuck, dude, I sullied hard for that. And it felt great. Like it, it felt good. I, that it felt you. great. You know, I, I think it was something along the lines of like it, it, it turned over in the neutral zone and I was like, oh, boys, let's get one right now. And then it went in and I was just like. Woo! We're the best team in the world! (laughs) Like, it was just, we're the fucking best, man. This is going to be amazing. We're fucking going all the way, man. Sheldon, all he does is win. All he does is win. We're going to fucking win again. And I think we can, bro. Like, I I do. I I don't know. I think we can. I thought thought Freddie looked real sharp. I thought he looked really sharp. I thought Morgan Riley looked really good, you know? It looked great last night, I thought. I thought the intensity was there. I thought the pace was there. Uh, You know, there was a, a little bit of sloppy play from both sides. Leafs capitalizing on their speed all night long. Robertson looks like he deserves to be there, dude. I don't know. I don't know what you thought about it overall. I thought it was a really exciting, really good hockey game. And a couple times, Freddie looked outstanding. And that that's yeah. really nice for me to see. I think that and and to give him the entire game was incredibly important.
1: Absolutely, there's no reason why not. And you know, originally I thought like, hey, fuck, they're not going to start Matthews and those guys, are they? Really? And then realized like, no, this is it. Like, this is the only tune-up they get. Oh, of course. You so have obviously to, yeah. you're going to play Freddie for 60 minutes. Um, you know, I, I take it back to Rob, Robertson. There, I mean, uh, who knew what we were going to see and what we were going to get? But uh, did not really look at a place. Really worked hard out there and made some great plays happen on both sides of the puck. I thought, and obviously got a got an assist in that game on the, I believe uh, the Kerfoot, Kerfoot yeah, the Kerfoot tip yeah, off so, Riley. And, a, a little and, and,
0: cheapy secondary apple, but but he's making the right play, which is which is important. Absolutely,
1: right? and and he earned every shift out there, so it wouldn't surprise me if we see him get an opportunity. And uh, in today's Maple Leafs practice as well, he was still on that third line spot while Engvall was the spare. So it would not surprise me to see him get an opportunity in the series versus Columbus. Uh, so you know what, what an opportunity for him to you know almost stitch himself a seat in the dressing room potentially for next year if he can continue to make a good impression with the team.
0: Well I was driving home from work today and they were talking about Robertson on something I, it must have been serious. It's usually what I'm what I'm tuned into but Um, I feel like at some level it might be, I mean, not, I don't mean to say that this is the only reason why, but I think it's a nice flex for management, you know, to be like, we're going to use this guy right now.
1: We got this 18 year old just, just walked out of the Peterborough Pete's and
0: scores every night, you know, Uh, no, no, but but for the Pete's. Right, like, happen,
1: but yeah, yeah. No, no, no.
0: I'm not. I'm just saying, like the the guy, the guy, the guy's on fire. Like he knows how to uh, play yeah. hockey and put him in a bubble against a bunch of other guys, and he's going to be way better than some of these other guys. Why can't he be there? He's going to be way better than a lot of these players that are his at skill, the bubble. So why not his, have him there?
1: His skill level is off the charts, and and yeah, like you're saying, as far as depth options goes, there's no reason for them not to have there. And he's kind of proven that. He's he essentially has forced himself into the top prospect conversation. If you're willing to place him above Rasmus Sandin at this point in time,
0: well, I mean uh, that he had a nice play in front. I think it was Kapanen and uh, gave him a short pass, and then he uh, had a nice little kind of kind of a toe drag move, and and he could have finished it on the backhand there, but maybe a little, yeah, maybe a, early. maybe a bit of nerve. It was early, uh, maybe a bit of nerves there. I think. Uh, but at the same time that happens to the best of them anyways, but you know, he's he, the right you know, his thing, eyes though. are as big as fucking saucers when he realizes that everyone just bit on my toe drag yeah. <laughs> and then you miss it. So it's almost good that maybe he got that chance and missed it because now if he gets that chance on Sunday, he'll make it count. Hopefully, you know what I mean? Like he's got that experience of like, Oh fuck, I had an open net and it rolled off my tape next time. I'm going to fucking bury that. So hopefully he think- can use that going forward.
1: I think that's what's important. And we've seen, uh, you know, the Leafs try to integrate as much high end skill as they possibly can in their bottom six. And, the, you know, the reason why you, you put a guy like this in over, say, an Angval or a GOAT, because, I mean, they might need 20 shots to score a goal. He might o- only need 10. You know what I mean? Like, right. the, you got, he's, we know he's got a good shot. He's got a good release, a those for the net. So, and, and you know, we, we can't overstate the importance of scoring goals in the playoffs, not just in terms of its contribution to your ability to win the game, but to swing and change a game so quickly.
0: So let me tell you, um, Tampa rolled Florida 5 nothing tonight in exhibition. Does that surprise you at all?
1: No. I think Tampa's dialed uh, in. I've got them. I've got them as my cup favorite. They're number one. My number two is St. Louis. I know those aren't bold picks, but given what happened to Tampa last year, I'm very, very high on them because I feel like they are dialed in and they've built that lineup to win.
0: Okay, so uh, n- nice extension there. I don't mind it, but I, I just meant it as a quick two-parter. So Tampa, 5 nothing over Florida, doesn't surprise you. What about uh, Chicago, 4 nothing over St. Louis? That's got to be a bit surprising. That's, no?
1: that's pretty interesting right there. I don't want to obviously read in too much in the exhibition games, but I'm of the opinion, and especially the way the lineups stack up, that Chicago may give the Edmonton Oilers a bit of a run for their money.
0: I don't know, man. McDavid looked pretty good at about 65 70% uh, of most of the game last night. I think he only really dialed it up to Fox. like... He may have dialed it up to about... 89 percent 90 percent for a couple of uh, rushes but uh i mean the guy looks great he uh, that was one of the main reasons also why i stayed up because it was it was a chris cuthbert called connor mcdavid hockey game so i was really uh looking forward to that combo of of you know probable goats uh of their field doing it uh on the play-by-play side and then of course on at ice level Uh, With the talent of Connor McDavid, such a such, such a treat to watch, dude. And it's nice to see that team make the playoffs. I know Edmonton, lots of jokes about the first round picks and all this and that and the other thing. But when you when you have the most electric player in the game on your roster, then you need to be you need to be in the show. I don't like you these gotta, I don't gotta like gotta these people hate. that are like, no, no, fuck them, they deserve to miss it. No, no, don't don't put that hate out there, man, because I want to watch the best player. I want to watch yeah. the best player play for the cup. I do, sure. whether it's the I first round up. or the fourth round, I want to watch it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I stayed up a little late to watch him as well. I mean it it's it's good for the NHL that Connor McDavid's in the playoffs and it's very important in terms of growing the game and showcasing, you know, your the most important assets that the Edmonton Oilers in the NHL have at this time. So, you know, it, you got to you gotta hope they find a way to get by the Hawks. I just, I'm not ready to write off Chicago yet, even though they snuck there by the skin of the teeth and don't actually deserve to be playing in anything right now. And I'll also level that criticism to the decision to include the Canadians as well.
0: Yeah, okay, fair so, enough. They
1: looked like a fucking AHL team last night.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, there was some there was some good intensity, but outside of that, yeah, you can't you can't win a game with intensity. I
1: understand they don't match up well against the Maple Leafs, and that showed. But I mean, hey, I'll give them some credit. They were three and zero against the Leafs in the, uh, in the regular season, but Freddie Anderson didn't play in those games. So yeah, true. I don't know. I don't know what you want to say about it. And that was uh, pre Campbell, I believe, as well. So we we don't want to hearken back to those dark dark times. But well, what a year. I mean, look look where we are right now. Look what we got to watch. We've got nonstop hockey for twelve hours pretty much throughout the day. Sprinkle in a baseball game. They only have six games off. The Raptors are starting this Saturday at the same time as the NHL playoffs. The Maple Leafs are on Sunday. I'm gonna have to go get a lot of beer.
0: Oh, my liver is uh my liver is in trouble. And as as you know, I'm not uh, a huge drinker. Well, that's uh, summer though for you. But it is summer. They they go down a hell of a lot easier. Uh, they definitely seem to taste better. Um, so yeah, I'm off next week. It's gonna be amazing. It it might be the greatest week of all time. Like it might be the greatest week of all time. And it, and I and I, I and hate to, off, I I, I hate to say that. Work. Yeah, I'm off work. I'm taking the week off. Um,
1: oh, wow. You're and, doing it right, eh? and, 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 and so You're and not going to feel... miss a minute. You're really going to be glued on that.
0: Well, let me tell you something here between you and me and all of our listeners. So, I, for, <laughs> you know, between you and me and everyone. Um, Kirsty's not going to be here. She's taking the week off and she's going up north to visit with her family uh, at their hunt camp. And I, I've gone the last uh, three years, I think, or two years I've gone. And, uh, you know, this time it's kind of... Just the uh, the parents and the siblings, her her brother and her sister, and I was like, well, then that's perfect. Like, you know, there's no reason for me to be there and be like the seventh wheel or whatever the fuck it is, like the weird extra person at the at the cottage, right? So I don't, I'm not going. I get to stay here and watch hockey for like 14 hours every day, all all day, double TV.
1: You're doing it right, man.
0: Right, I think so. I will buddy. definitely
1: be over there at some point or another uh because i am wow am i fired up especially considering i didn't think we were getting hockey at all
0: oh come on were you really in that camp
1: well man I, if you flash back to the last time you know not maybe not the last episode we did it's been like over a month now since we've done one but i was i was trying I, I was tempering my expectations i did not, not want to get overly excited because we really didn't know where this thing was going and considering what the fuck's going on down in the states right now we're lucky we have any sports at all
0: yeah i guess we're lucky
1: they found a way
0: yeah but i mean i i don't know i maybe i was just head in the sand kind of deal but i i, I felt confident the whole way i i don't know why at first it was blind yeah. faith i'll admit i have to admit because how the fuck did we know uh they didn't even oh, know we, they they had no idea they, have- they weren't telling us anything you know but then when as they started talking i was like okay all right, they're obviously not just folding. Like a lot of other leagues were just like, yo, we're done. You know, lots of them yeah. were like, yo, we're done. And the NHL was like, no, we're not going to define done yet. We're still going to remain yeah. paused. And that was hopeful for me. And then the first time they spoke, and the second and third and fourth, every time they spoke, I felt more and more confident. And then all of a sudden, they throw in this huge fucking box of fireworks onto the whole thing and say, oh, yeah, by the way, we're extending the CBA and we're going to the Olympics too. Like, holy yeah. fuck man they just they they, they they took advantage of having all these guys in the same room at the same time all negative tested you know and talk about this pandemic and realize there's more to this than what they used to think you know maybe there was more of a human thing going on in those boardrooms and they agreed to make it work and they did such a fucking good job and i can't Zoom applaud call. them no boardrooms or sorry yeah zoom, zoom calls. sorry yeah you know what yeah I mean. same same thing.
1: but I mean they did they did a fantastic job in getting that done and, and kind of locking in the labor piece and you know unfortunately it' it's going to be a, a kind of a grim cap situation for teams like the Maple Leafs moving forward uh, given as you know they might have had really banked on the cap going up when they signed some of those deals but uh, I think we got the right guys in charge of that department to look after things for the Maple Leafs moving forward. But man, I I just, I am so impressed. And, and, you know, like I said, knock on wood, let's hope that things continue to go smoothly. But I really think that they're doing it right. And they put themselves in a position here to succeed, not just with the, what the, their playoff format is, but moving forward. And it's going to be really fun, man. So lastly, and uh, I kind of forgot about this one and I forgot to put it in my notes, um, quickly, I guess Seattle.
0: Oh, I love it. I love every. Like I love everything about Seattle. I, I love the logo. I love the colors. I love the name. I like. I feel like it might be Kirsty's favorite team. Like she, I showed her the picture, and she was. <laughs> she was. Like, I love those colors, and I was like. I was like. So do I. I was like, so guys like this color, girls like this color. I was like, they're they're nailing it from a pure marketing perspective alone when they start throwing up their caps and their t-shirts and their hoodies and and stuff like that. It's gonna be a sharp sell. It's gonna be yeah. the hot ticket early, you know? And uh I even showed her a couple of, of the concept photos that actually the team's Twitter account sent out for different Bauer hockey gloves with all the different custom colors. And right, right away both Kirstie and I were like I like this one and this one, and I was like, "Me too." It was like the white one, and then the light colored blue, whatever kind of color—green, blue—that aqua color is. Uh, I, I'm I'm a big fan, dude. I, I think it's a yeah. new new age, modern looking, simple. I saw some other concepts that people were like, "Oh, this one is stupid. It's just a big S." Blah blah blah. And it's like, hey, okay, well, like I don't know. It's 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 fine. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Wait till you see it on a jersey. Wait till you see it in the standings. Like give it some time, you know, everyone's so quick to make their judgment.
1: I a lot of time and effort and market research into it. Uh it was interesting to kind of read the behind the scenes story as to how they settled on the Kraken eventually. Uh I wasn't a huge fan of the name initially. Like I thought it was cool, but I wasn't like I, I just thought that there were better options for them. And I wasn't, you know, I just didn't seem to have any association and I, I, you know what I pictured? I pictured one of those gaudy, like minor league jerseys gy- from like the mid '90s, you know, with some crazy fucking octopus-looking thing on it. <laughs> so I'm glad that they went with this kind of minimalist and very like mysterious sort of logo. I think it's pretty sharp, and the color scheme, as you said, is beautiful. And,
0: and but what yeah, do you think a, could have been better? You said it. there's lots of things that was be- that I, were better. I thought, than I thought
1: the sock eyes was a good ch- choice for a name and not just because i'm a huge fan of alliteration but
0: but what's a sock i thought
1: uh salmon
0: okay so like is it like are you afraid of it
1: salmon can be kind of big but you know what i mean like
0: like the ducks right like are you
1: afraid of are you afraid of leaves
0: well, no, no. I don't. I'm not saying they all have to be aggressive, but right. if you're kind of going with an animal, if you're
1: going with animals, got to be. Something it's that's it's kind of lame good.
0: if it's the bears or the lions or something like that. Everyone well, takes. bears and
1: lions are fucking. No, scary. no, no. But
0: no, but I'm saying everyone takes those names. What are you going to be the Seattle Bears, and you're going to be the eighth right. the eighth Bears franchise? Like you want to come up with something new? Yeah, you, yeah. you have that original name. And it all the marketing is built right in. You've got a liquor sponsor like lined up yeah, at the I door. that was cool. And yeah. you know you can you can release the Kraken before the games. You know, and and it is a mysterious, you know, mythological uh, creature that's not a fucking centaur or something. <laughs> you know, like it's it's in the deep blue sea that no, you know, no one knows anything about a hundred miles under the fucking sea. You know, so it, it's it's neat, like it's mysterious, and I'm I'm a big fan. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna hit the ground running, and I think they're gonna have a a good chunk of of support, if not from new local fans, definitely Buffalo fans and Ottawa fans.
1: You think so? Jumping ship?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, now's the time, right?
1: Interesting.
0: Well, maybe not so much for Ottawa. I shouldn't harp on Ottawa too much. They do have a bright future. It's just sad that that flame will be doused. I think before before it ever really starts to take uh, to take flight,
1: it's got to be a tough time there when you're like a a diehard of a fan, and they're not you know all these teams are coming back, and yours isn't. Like I guess it's not surprising in that situation. Well, it would
0: be like us being severely worried that we were going to lose all of our guys. Like I feel like midsummer,
1: if the Leafs weren't in this, I'd probably give very few shits. I'd have a hard time getting getting into it just because it's midsummer and it's like you know i i'd I'd watch it like casually almost like i'd watch baseball sort of thing
0: yet he has a fucking hockey podcast
1: i got no skin in the game dog
0: all i see is skin why are you wearing no shirt
1: it's hot as fuck in my office (laughs) in my office this is my office (laughs) don't you see the bookshelf behind me i
0: do it is a nice bookshelf I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I've it's read very all well of used.
1: them too. I will have you now.
0: All right, listen. You already texted me to fucking wrap this up. So you need you need to wrap this up already. We're not even going to do anything about like. The, I mean, the puck drops on Sunday, so we're not we're not coming back here until until when, right? We're going to be recording no, next week, till, like till we,
1: next week after the playoffs have already begun. So, looking forward to that. We'll have plenty to talk about actual hockey things happening on the ice, I not like just it. business and uh, you know pandemic planning and fucking all this crap. I mean, geez, we, I mean, we didn't do a lot of shows in the meantime, but we at least found a way to grind out a few episodes, but boy, oh boy, am I ever relieved just to have sports back in general?
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, if
1: the NHL didn't come back and another sport came back, we might just had to convert podcasts to a different sport.
0: You know, it's kind of true, dude. I I feel like after however long we've been doing this, um, what is it like a year and a half
1: coming up on two years, coming up on
0: two years. Right. So for the, uh, you know, time that we've been doing this, I feel like we have kind of settled in as more of a, uh, let's report our reaction to the news instead of like reporting the news, reporting the news happens live or on Twitter, you know, where you can get it immediately. The podcast needs playback. So it needs to be like, we don't need to tell them that this player was suspended. They know that he was suspended. So like sometimes I think we might be a bit guilty of being like, all right, so the Wilson suspension, what do you think? And then we're right into it, right? Like we didn't really break down the suspension because it happened six fucking days ago like a day oh, a, yeah. a day after we recorded our last episode yeah, big big suspension. If, you, if you
1: don't know by now figure it out
0: <laughs> figure it out yeah so it's easy figure just it to out, throw Bob. our throw our opinions on it so i'm okay with you know missing out a little bit on the preview shows i am a bit of a preview show guy but i feel like it's i like preview shows when they're more organic like when the world isn't under a pandemic and we can do a preview show you know late september like two a week well, before at this you know, point in time too there's
1: just way much there's way more going on it, we're we're everything's different, right? So there's just there's so much else to to talk about in this situation. I think we've really kind of hammered and encapsulated what's been going on lately, and and what we're about to experience. And that's all the sports happening at once, including playoff hockey in the heat of the summer with cold beer, hopefully.
0: But next week we're going to record in the garage, and I, I was going to tell you this off air, but I'm going to throw it to you live and just get your honest raw reaction. I think next week's episode we should do in front of a live studio audience in the garage.
1: This is a lot to spring on me with a week's notice.
0: Which would be basically just uh, my buddy Hendy uh, <laughs> and and maybe his wife and 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 you know and Kirsty and my wife. Like if everyone was just in the garage. That and, sounds- That sounds fucked. Maybe not all of them. I would say like, let's say the girls get off and they're they're doing something together inside and Hendy just wants to have a dip and sit in the garage and listen to our pod. You know, like, I don't mind the idea because if it's a live, it's a live studio wants, audience. I
1: like how you got live studio audience. It too. technically is. You said like, you were, I want to hang out with my buddies while I do the podcast. Is
0: no, but it, I mean, it technically is right. And like, there have been times before where, for example, <laughs> oh, the, the, the guy that was putting the windows in John, like he just walks in while we're recording. And I'm like, Hey, John, yeah, no problem, man. Just go ahead. And I had several people talking to me about. That time that John came in, like, oh, it was so funny. Like, it stuck out to them. And it's like, we we don't need to involve Hendy in the fucking podcast. It's just funny to imagine that, okay, we're podcasting and there's actually someone here. Like, there's actually someone here that may, you know, laugh at some of our jokes and, like, increase the uh, ambiance of the recording. Anyway, I don't need a goddamn answer. I'm just telling you, I thought it was an interesting idea. Like, if we uh, have... A yeah. member of our and he and he's a listener, right? So it'd be it'd be fun for him as well to catch one technically live. And I think the reason why I'm springing it on you is because just before my buddy left here tonight, he was like, "Do you ever do them live?" And I was like, so the, and- "I was like, what do you mean live?" He was like, "Well, like where people are listening while you're recording." And I was like, "Well." no because we i mean like we could say something totally stupid or and you know have to cut or whatever the case may be so we do record first and then literally as long as everything was good i just fucking press upload you know so it, it's almost live but it's not And and he was like you should do one live he said that would be cool and i was like that would be cool so here i am tonight being like hey man we should do it in front of my fucking chum next week as a live well, it studio sounds audience. Like,
1: it sounds like something we can do down the road, perhaps when you're allowed to gather a reasonable amount of people in public.
0: I oh, mean, fair we, can, we can't
1: just be like shoveling fans, and Angel can't have fans. How are we supposed to have fans?
0: Well, we well we could we could obviously <laughs> social distance while we do it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, I, as I, you want to wrap it up? you don't need, like. Yes, sir. What's going to happen Sunday? I'm what's your just, call on Sunday? Are we coming out what's flying? What's my
1: call on Sunday? I don't know. I might see it. I might not.
0: No, no, no. I meant for the Leafs. Are we coming out flying? Or like, what do you got? You got a big oh, yeah. win We're for the Leafs? Oh, We're them on Sunday. Like, huge. Putting them, be,
1: put them before spot, at least. Huge statement. Energy matter for Hyman.
0: Oh, my God. Hyman was good last night. Again. He, no, again. He always is good. Man. When we is he not this. good? Exactly. Someone took him in the fucking fantasy pool that I was in, and I literally private messaged the guy, and I was like, you're a dick. (laughs) Like, you're a dick. That was a reach. Like, I showed him the other guys available, and I was like, Mikheyev was available. Okay? Now, I know Hyman plays at Matthews and all that fun stuff, but like...
1: He's guaranteed top six.
0: I guess. He agreed. He's like, yeah, whatever. I just wanted him because I knew you wanted him. And I'm like, that's mean. It's not fair
1: matthew's gonna bank pox off him then good (laughs) choice off his ass
0: (laughs) all right man well i guess cold cold clothes even though i'll put our funky outro music in uh post let's not do this anymore we're doing it in the garage new studio in the garage six feet i got a nice big workbench we can sit across from one another and Yelling each other's faces I'll put a plastic divider So up. Now,
1: we're, now we're gonna so Now we're gonna Social distance
0: Yeah I'll put i so, I'll put a fucking divider up
1: Right I'm just gonna throw Something at that Spit on it And shit
0: <laughs> Alright man Well listen uh, Thanks for making time I know it was a late Evening here To get it done I just I was We, we obviously wanted to Hit the Hit the airwaves Before uh, Before the puck drops Right So Really, really looking forward to the weekend, man. The long weekend. It's going to be so nice. We deserve it. it's
1: good to be back, man. It's going to be back. It's been hot as hell, and I'm looking forward to uh, another hot weekend, and this time with the side of hockey.
0: Right on. Well, thanks for joining us here on the Pucks and Deep podcast. That was the voice of the one and the only Adam Lesko. You can find him on Twitter, at LeskoAdam. Find myself, at Coleman42. And follow the station, at PuckPod. And we're back, baby. Thanks for joining us once again. Episode 65 is a wrap. And uh, only a few more days till we drop the puck on this thing. So we'll see you guys next week after a few games have been in the books. Let's go. Quick last question for the podcast. Will there have been a suspension by our next episode? Yes. Yes, I agree. I agree. I think somebody's be- going to come out way too hot. Yes, Tom Wilson. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it can't be Tom. I'm just kidding. But we'll see. Anyways, we'll fucking see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us here on the Pucks and D Podcast. Coley and Lesko signing off for another week. We'll see you again next week.